We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, probably a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and GSPN. I am Ty Windish, one of your hosts here on a kind of dreary Monday morning in Oshkosh. Don't know how it is in Milwaukee, but it's a, it's a little dreary. A little dreary. That's the dulcet tones of Rohan Kadi. Rohan, how's it going? We haven't heard from you since the NBA draft, so I'm sure our listeners are thrilled. You are, I, I guess, notor- not notorious, noted for being such an ardent Marjan Bochamp fan, Bochamp fan last year. Bochamp is when he's hungry. Uh, they obviously ended up taking him. We had a great live. We didn't do a live this year because they only came in with the 58th pick. But all this to say, Rohan, my question, were you an ardent Andre Jackson Jr. or Chris Livingston fan going into this draft? And did you celebrate the same? I cannot say that I was the had the same level of uh, let's say like fandom for their selections as a pick as I did with Marjan last year. However, I'm a fan. I'm really, I really am a fan. After digging a lot into it, I've had some time to really get into these guys, and it's just it's it's hard not to be a bit excited if you're a Bucks fan. Uh, I thought first off, I thought you and Jordan did a great job uh, recapping after the draft. If you want like the immediate reactions, make sure you go listen to that. It's on the same feed. And while you're there, you might as well subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast platform. Oh, it's a good tip. Yeah, just subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Uh, check out gspn.info for all the links. But it was it was a fun draft. First off, I was really surprised that they made a trade up to 36. Uh, I wasn't really expecting them to do that i wasn't even sure that they were going to make the 58th overall pick i mean i was fairly confident they were going to but there was like a hint of doubt like man are they actually even going to make the pick even though second rounders are very very uh good for the bucks in terms of their roster construction for uh cap purposes as you guys detailed on the last episode but i just wasn't sure so when i see them make a trade up to 36 i'm like yeah sure john horst go do a thing you know 
it's it's very very exciting he's always active around the draft and just active in general uh in in terms of basketball i mean i'm sure he's active in his own life but like uh, i don't know what i'm saying anymore. <laughs> um it's like um uh, john horse says it, the it, first it, text for rohan Cotty. It was uh I was more talking about like physically active, but oh, like, sure. you know, you do you do that whatever <laughs> you want to think too, man. Uh, uh yeah, it, it it was it was encouraging. It was good to see again more second round picks is better for this roster. And actually having young guys on the roster is good for a very, very, very old team, especially with Chris Livingston, him being 19 years old. It's like when's the last time the Bucks had a 19-year-old? It's ridiculous to think how young he is. That's a good question. Uh, DJ Wilson? No, he was, he was older. like twenty. He was older. Yeah, he was older. Thon. Uh, well, hey, let's say Thon. Yeah, we'll say Thon. But it's Rashad just Vaughn, like, probably before maybe? that. I mean, not Brogdon, clearly not DJ. Uh, Dante was did three years in college, I think. Did he? Yeah, more than one, right? Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Not counting I mean, two ways. They probably actually, I don't even know if that really changes it. They're one of the youngest. They've like, he's one of the youngest guys that the Bucks have had in yeah. recent history. And just the draft in general has just been such a miss for the Bucks in recent history that it's, it's so hard to comprehend that, you know, these guys might actually be like guys because they have potential, right? Like the last. Bucks draft pick to sign for a second contract in Milwaukee was Giannis. Oof. Yeah. That was 10 years ago. Wow. Yeah, it's a great it's a great stat. I mean, not great for us, but because it's just like l- listen to this. Aside from like uh, this year and last year, um like RJ Hampton, I mean that went to Denver. Jordan Wara Dante, DJ Wilson, Thon Maker, Malcolm Brogdon, like Rashad Vaughn, Jabari Parker, Damien Inglis, Johnny O'Brien, shout out, friend of the pod. But yeah. like, it's just not good. Like no. Sterling Brown's in there as well. Like, and unfortunately, the best player in that mix post Giannis, they basically gave away for two second rounders. So uh, again, I'm not, I'm not sick over the Malcolm Brogdon thing anymore, but it does make the drafting look even worse that th- as soon as that player became really prominent, he was kind of just like gone. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And I think it's been encouraging to see, I think the lesson learned from the first portion of the horse and really the horse bud tenure of, you know, while we don't need draft picks, like we need to compete now. I think both because the appeal of the drafted players and being able to develop them and also you know, most of these veterans that they've kept these spots open for, right? It's like, okay, we have our 14th and 15th spots. You know, we can bring in a vet. They're pretty bad. Like, they're not accomplishing anything. I mean, Goran Dragic and well, yeah, I was Leonard, say, what, like... What did they do? Like, you, you, it's just I think the lesson has been learned. I think Adrian Griffin coming in maybe has even re-cemented it because we know he has a player development focus. But, like, these guys are not helpful. And it really, like... You know, the the argument was, and I made the argument, like, oh, you know, if something happens, you'd rather have the vet to step in. Does it really matter if they're not good? Like, is it really beneficial then? Or would you rather just have a young player who maybe they're equally not good if they have to step in year one, but, 
you know, years two and three, maybe they become a player that you have in your system and you can retain. And I think it's good to see, you know, the Bucks finally kind of going down this road and being like, we need to develop guys. We can't just take 22-year-old players who – I said this about Sam Merrill on the pod with Jordan. Like he was going to be the same player in year one. He was going to be in year five. Like we know what Sam Merrill is. You know, no shots to him. He's having a good career, I think, in Cleveland Charge right now. But he's, I think he's with the with the Cavs. Yeah, he's with the – oh, yeah. So I, I think he plays both ways. But it's like, you know – is Sam Merrill going to develop a new, you know, a wing? Is Sam Merrill going to grow four inches? No. And I thought it, it was a little cheeky almost, it seemed. But I actually think it was more insightful than anything. Horse comment about, like, shooting is a teachable skill, but athleticism and height aren't. Like, it almost sounds dumb. Spoke but- spoke so much to me, Ty, because I've been banging yeah. that drum on this podcast for years now. John Horse, thank you for listening. Yeah. But it's just like, he's right. You can teach shooting. You can this is this is why I was so high on the Marjon train last year, is because he has the flashes. Like he he has burst. You can't teach that. Go and go and teach Goran Dragic how to get by guys <laughs> on the perimeter. Go and teach that. Try it. Yeah. You can't. Like, how how are you supposed to do that? Like, oh yeah, Chris, by the way, it's like um we know you're working your way back from injury, and you know, like we know people have developed later in their careers. We're going to teach you how to just break down guys off the dribble now. We're going to try to teach you how to do Kyrie dribble moves now and sort of like, I don't know, just get by guys on the perimeter. You can't teach that. You cannot teach burst. You have it or you don't. <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. And I think the Bucks last year did not. And I think already it looks like the roster next season, it's going to have more. I, I, I want to hear your thoughts on this and the, the pick in general more because I think you know, at 36 overall, he is clearly the most prominent addition the Bucks made on draft night. Andre Jackson Jr., I think he's going to play year one. I think like, so. I really think he is. And I think it's a little weird. He may be more ready to play than Marjon. And we'll see. I mean, the, the question there is like, you know, development isn't linear. Who knows how much better Marjon got? Like when he wasn't getting run late last season and over the offseason, he's clearly been in the gym a ton based on his Instagram, which is not surprising considering what we know about Marjan and what we know about the Bucks culture of kind of living in the gym. Also, it seems like everyone, they, especially the two draft picks that they brought in, are like big, high motor, like outwork, good culture guys, which is exciting too. But Andre Jackson is so polished at everything except shooting. And I just feel like he is – he just answers a big need for them kind of right away and I'm a little worried I'm putting too much on him like to be clear I don't think he's going to be like the seventh man right away but I think he's going to get minutes and based on how he played in college and just how much he can do I really think he's going to maintain a role in the rotation like he feels ready to step into this group and give them exactly what they've been looking for that athletic wing the ball mover the way he's figured out to how to overcome the drop being dropped off they call it dorking I guess I don't know if you saw the athletic article from the UConn writer, but it went deep into his counters. And honestly, this is going to sound crazy. Hope Giannis learns a couple of those counters because I think they're they they found a lot better answers than like drive into the defense or shoot a three when they want you to shoot a three. Yeah, it's 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 really good to see how like polished, how like developed he is, even though he's still sort of learning. Like he's still relatively young. What is he? Twenty two. I think so. I'll pull it up. You talk. 
I believe I believe he's 22. Uh, but he's still learning. He's still and and to be clear, on my earlier point about like you can teach shooting, doesn't always work. It it, it doesn't. It's not a guarantee that you can. But it's actually a teachable skill compared he to actual physical attributes. Will be 21 when the season starts. He turns 22 in November. Oh, okay. So 22 in November. Okay. Um. So yeah, basically 22. Sorry, don't not trying shortchange you andre but let that man have his on. 21st birthday rohan come on he already did well i mean his 21st year you're, you're correct oh okay let him have all of it uh yeah he can be in his taylor swift arc in november i guess but uh um i don't even remember oh yeah uh it, it's just it's really it's really fun to see that these guys already have some like they they have a bag if you want to say that but also have like a trajectory of development and it's it's just really really fun to see but i do agree with you i think that andre jackson jr can play year one like he has the skills he has the team around him uh so far we'll see what happens uh to really you know sort of mitigate any uh weaknesses that he may have like if you need like if you're devoid of shooting yeah, just go throw out like Grayson, Chris, uh, Giannis, Javon, Brooke, and or not Giannis, uh, and Andre. Like you, you yeah. can get shooters around him if you need to. Uh, this is assuming Chris and Brooke come back. Uh, we'll we'll but, get there. Um, yeah, we'll get there. But th- there's ways to really like you know mitigate that. Um, but so I I do think that he can play year one, especially because of the skills that he brings that the Bucks don't currently have. I want to ask you this question, Ty. Yeah. Who besides Andre Jackson Jr. or where? Okay, let me phrase it this way: Where would you rank Andre Jackson Jr. right now? Assuming the Bucks bring back all their free agents, which probably won't happen. Uh, every I'm saying every. Free yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Where would he rank on guys on the roster who can attack a closeout? Oh, this is a hard question. Uh, see, because I don't know if I've seen him attack enough closeouts. Um, but skill set wise, I don't top five. I'd say it's top two. It might be. It might be one. Uh, um, just because nobody on this, barely anyone in this group, has the athleticism to do that. Exactly. Kind of a problem. Exactly. It's it's when I was thinking about that, it made me really upset because. Yeah. <laughs> They don't. They is don't Marjan have like number pass. one. It might, it's probably Marjan. Marjan yeah. gets a step on someone and he is gone. That's the, the yeah. fun. I think I, think, I hope I think, Marjan plays I think it's Marjan. too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Marjan and I think Andre might be second. Yeah. Because they just don't have like maybe Pat is up there. But even then, yeah. it's not like that quick. Grayson got a lot better at that this year. But it's I like mean, Giannis. No one closes out on Giannis. But if they exactly. do, he's gone. I mean, yeah. I, I'd probably put him number one just because. If you're foolish enough to do that, you are getting dunked on. But it it does not happen often. Yes, obviously Giannis would be number one in that situation. However, people do not close yeah. out hard on him. It's funny um, when they do, though. If you bite on a Giannis pump fake, you've got to have a bad day in film the next day. There's no way that's fun. It, yeah, it, it can't it can't be entertaining. Uh, just the the coach yelling. I'm imagining that's what like Monty Williams did in Phoenix during the finals when Aiton would go and do that. Uh, oh, that probably man. led probably led to the divide between those two. Uh, <laughs> that's why Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal. No, not really. <laughs> um, yeah, 
You interested in the Bucks as an Aiton team? No. Heavens, no. He's not that good, and he gets paid thirty million dollars a year. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I just wanted to pause. Did question. you did you hear my conspiracy theory about Monty Williams? Oh yeah, Tom yeah, Gore's paid the- him all that money to make sure Troy Weaver couldn't go get Aiton because anytime there's a distress big, the Pistons are just like slamming the credit card on the table. Mm-hmm. Obsessed. Wiseman, Bagley, Duran, Beef Stew. They're going to get more. They can't help themselves. Josh not, Jackson? They're going to have – I wouldn't say – No, they don't – no, not Josh they Jackson. Used to, they used to have Josh yeah. Jackson. But he was a wing, so they had to get rid of him. Centers only, yeah, baby. James Wiseman's out here playing point guard. <laughs> and a man Thompson's just going to – sorry, Asar Thompson's just going to run no, into all, all of them uh, there. No no shooting. Who, who needs shooting? Cade, just become a shooter. Anyway, enough business. Sorry, uh, sorry, Wiseman Muse. Did you see there's a Wiseman Muse Twitter account? I people's brains are broken. No, did you did you see Wiseman Muse and Ma- Morris Senior Muse were? Uh, Come on, what does Morris Senior Muse talk about? Marcus, but what is there to say? Oh man, he got traded to the Wizards. Oh wait, no, he didn't. <laughs> Uh, I want to talk about that Celtics trade and the earlier one later because I think it's fascinating. But for now, draft. Um, you mentioned Chris Livingston. Uh, a, when's the last time the Bucks had three young wings as intriguing as Marjon Jackson and Chris Livingston? Like, when's the last time the, the 80s? Bucks had three young wings? The eighties, yeah, general. Like yeah. when they had young Marcus Johnson and Sidney Moncrief. Like, was it literally then? Maybe it was. Uh, maybe early two thousands. But I don't know. Next to Ray Allen, if the other guys were really that young, or if you'd call Big Dog a wing, whatever. If people who were watching those playoff runs, feel free to jump in if it's the 2000s. Regardless, like a couple decades at minimum probably. You could argue Giannis and Chris too, but that's a little little murky. Anyway, regardless, three young promising wings. We've talked about uh, Alex ja- or Andre Jackson Jr., excuse me. I think there is a lot of upside there. I'm excited about him. I think the floor is high too. Well, actually, before Livingston, one more question I want to throw to you that we talked about. And Jordan like rebuffed the whole notion of even talking about fit with Giannis this early for a second round pick with with you know the tools that he has. Like, why even worry about it right now? And I agree. Like, he's not going to be closing games year one. Probably, you know, it'd be great if he was or horrible. Um, but do you think he can play with Giannis? Yes. I do too. I think it's funky. They'll have to figure it out. But I think, again, all the other tools that he has, I mean, remember some of the most fun plays of last season with a Marjan Giannis fast breaks, just like, hey, someone who can kind of keep up with Giannis would be fun to have more than one of those guys. I mean, the Bucks were a bad transition offense last year, despite having Giannis, because nobody else would get back fast enough. So And they didn't force turnovers. That too, which this also helps with. Yeah, it does for sure. Like, you can get out there, run the barrier. I think one thing that uh, Bucks fans have sort of forgotten, uh, which is understandable because, you know, we've had five years of Bud, uh, is that there's more than one way to play offense. Uh, <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to just go four, four in, one out, or four out, one in, excuse me, like all the time. Yeah. Like, they, there's more ways to play. Like, just, just like you can survive with more than one non-shooter on the court. A lot of NBA teams do it. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, we're just not used to seeing that. And um, it, it, it'll be an adjustment for sure. But I think I, I, I believe in Adrian Griffin enough to be able to figure it out and get it done, considering the Toronto Raptors were one of the team who played like, I don't know, five non-shooters on the floor at once at points. Yeah. They're just like, what's shooting? Let's not <laughs> let, like... Who needs to put the ball in the basket? We'll be a pterodactyl of a defense and then just, like, poop our pants in transition. That's fine. They clearly recognize that's not the way by taking, I think, I'm worried, a future superstar, Grady Dick, in the draft. What's your fit evaluation? I think it's fun. I think it was fun. I agree. Yeah. Like, people are reading too much into it. Like, oh, like, that's going to actually determine how he's going to play in the NBA. I am doing that because I think he's going to be – my analysis is solely because of the fit. Like, I know a little bit about him as a player. I saw him rock the men's draft version of Dorothy fit, and I was like, wow, he's going to be really good. Yeah, and though that jersey is going to sell out instantly. Yeah. I don't I like say that, that he has as a, merch as a tw- already. His own merch. That's what I don't yeah. like. That's a red flag. If Nick Nurse was still there, that'd be good mentorship for him, though. Yeah, I, I literally say that as I see a tweet on my timeline of people lining up to buy Grady Dick jerseys in Toronto. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd buy it if I was. <laughs> if you wow, your first up. jersey. All the Bucks need to do is get, draft someone named Dick, and Rohan will yeah. buy the jersey. Good mm-hmm. to know. Um. Yeah. <laughs> uh. What was I even talking about? But, uh, you know, I, I do think that Andre Jackson Jr. can play next to Giannis. Well, even, like, assuming worst-case scenario that the shooting doesn't develop, because, yeah. he, like you had mentioned on the last pod, does everything else really, really well. Like, he can move the ball, he sees the floor well, he can handle, he can defend. Like, you, you, can, you can ask him to do anything else on the court, and he'll do it pretty darn well. Yeah. So I, you just need skilled players around Giannis. It's not necessarily shooting. It's skill. Uh, shooting's nice, but it's like you'd rather have a skilled player than just a shooter. Uh, like, uh, would you rather see like, uh, on like Andre Iguodala or like Rin Forbes, like yeah. prime Andre, not, yeah, yeah, not yeah. current Andre, even late prime Andre. Like that was one yeah. of my kind, like Warriors Andre. Like you need those type of players rather than just like your AJ Greens. Your sorry, AJ. Uh, yeah. Like your 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 Sam Merrills, your Brent Corver, Kyle Corver. Yeah. Your your Mirza Toledovich. Mm. Uh, yeah. All God. these guys. Yeah, I I agree with you. Uh, I I really think he can as well. And you know, I'll maintain this. Like I I don't expect the shooting to come along quickly, if at all. If it does, I think you have an elite role player. Like, I really do. Like, I just think he checks every box at that point. And if it doesn't, you still can have a very good role player. I mean, we'll see. We don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. But I do think this player was only available at 36 because, like, I think if he had one other flaw, like if you moved it from shooting to basically anything else, he probably goes first round. But the league is so obsessed with shooting that and having the, everything and else. And the medicals. Yeah, and the medicals. But... um yeah, I think it, it has a big upside potential for a 36th pick that was, again, very low cost for the Bucs. 2032nd, which, you know, unless the Bucs are one of the five worst teams in the league that year, uh, they will have gotten a better pick relatively. Plus, we don't really care at that point. And cash, which we never really care about. Nice to see, though. Chris Livingston. So, Andre Jackson has clear skills. I think the two-way player... Uh, Amari Moore does as well. Chris Livingston is like a blank canvas to a certain extent. I mean, really has not put it all together much. 
Kentucky has not been conducive to young wings doing this. But really interesting traits, the outline of, I'd say, more of a shooter than Andre Jackson so far, although it's, you know, been scattershot um, of a, like success rate for him. Re- a lot of upside here. Don't expect him to play really at all with the Bucks year one. I, I don't think that's going to be in the cards. I think I'll get to see him here in Oshkosh. But kind of fascinating they took this gamble here. I mean, it's pick 58. It is what it is. Sounds like the Bucks, you know, had engineered this happening, which is interesting in itself. And yeah, and that he wanted to him and Fletch wanted him to come here. Which, by the way, it's good that the Bucks seemingly have a good relationship with Fletch. They remember, you know, who else was giving a bag to Eric Bledsoe? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. A big bag. Uh, China? Uh, Not the same level of bag either, I think. And now I think he may be banned from playing there. So... Yeah, it is. It is nice to see LeBron future buck question mark. I don't know. Maybe if he, he likes Marjan, he likes Chris Livingston. Like, got to draft Bronny. Got to draft Bronny. The Bucks will have a first next year. But they will. Uh, I mean, watch Bronny go number one to like <laughs> Orlando because they want LeBron. You're coming home, LeBron. I don't know why I'd be home. Uh, but what do you think about uh, Livingston? The, the the raw toolsy wing. Sure. Why not? Just why not? You know, like take a chance, take a swing. Like he's like he's he's like a a a little a little bit of clay that you can you can mold into what you want. And he already has the skills. He has the athleticism. Like 
Yeah, why not? He could be literally anything in the NBA. Like, if he was to turn into an elite role player, I wouldn't be surprised. If he was to turn into, like, he's out of the league in a few years, I wouldn't be surprised either. Sorry, Chris. But, like, it's, you could, like, he could literally be anything. It's 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 like Pandora's box, but with the last pick of the draft. I agree. You, you, yeah, it's just it. You have to take a chance. Like, why not? He could turn into something good. He's so, so, so young. Like, he's nineteen. I don't think like the Bucks aren't used to this at all. Like, if the Bucks win a title this year, he can't participate in the champagne. Oh, I, I get what you're saying now. Um, did I saw like the French guys said they were going out after the draft. I was like, how old do you guys think? What do you think the drinking age is here? Wait, who said that? I think Bilal Koulibaly or Wembenyama, one of the two. Oh, because oh, it's 18 in Europe. Yeah, so they, I, I was like, <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe they're just going out for a milkshake or a pop. Who, who knows? Yeah, but I did exactly. I did have to laugh. I was like, guys, it's you, you got to fly back home first if you want to really truly go out. Um, yeah, I, you know, we and I think... A lot of people are just like anything that happened with the Bucks the last five years is Bud's fault now that he's out the door. Not not the Bucks saying this, but like fans, Twitter, takes, all this stuff. Um, and, but I do think like the development question, which we tackled so many times, right? Like, you know, why are the Bucks not developing young players? They didn't really have any. Like that makes it difficult to do. So, you know, who knows how much Bud was in on – you know, not going for the younger players as much and going for the vets. Clearly, he and Horace were working together on all of this stuff. I'm not saying we should, you know, basically throw it all on Bud and, and that's that. But I do think there weren't really just that many young players to develop. And now there clearly are between the more pro-ready one and Andre Jackson and hopefully Marjan Bochamp and Chris Livingston, who I do think has a lot of potential, was – Checked all the high school boxes. I mean, I said this on the last pod. Player of the year in two different states in high school. McDonald's All-American. Which is just crazy. And like, like when's the last time the Bucks had like a highly touted like recruit on their team? Jabari? Oh, yeah. Probably Jabari. Um, yeah, I mean. Or. Uh, uh, Bond? No. Um, Trey. Trey, oh my God, the two-way player is his name's not coming to me right now. From Duke, undrafted, one and done. Um, he was, he only really played oh. with the herd. Um, yeah, I forgot this. Sorry, I know it's sorry Trey. To this man. Yeah, I know. Um, Kiki Palmer meme. Sorry to this man, I would not recognize him. On the <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he had some of that stuff, but yeah, it, it's it's an impressive pedigree. He clearly needs some time to figure it all out, but. You know, this is going to be a big test. I think year one, or I guess not year one, but early in the Griffin tenure for the player development because, you know, the swings are here. The young players to develop, they're right here now. Let's see how they look and let's see the opportunities they get with Milwaukee year one. I want to talk about Amari Moore as well, the two-way player, because his skill set is really he's got interesting. Some, he's got some skills. On ball. Pull-up shooter. His catch-and-shoot has been bad. That's what he's got to figure out. I think all three of these guys need to do like a 1,000 makes a day with the Noah or whatever. I think that's that's the key Make here. Make it 2,000 and we got a deal. Okay. Uh, savvy businessman Rohan here. But 
again, like, yeah, a younger player who has some real traits. I don't know how this guy really went undrafted, but I'm here for it. Doesn't project to be a bad defender either. I think that's, you assume a player who's, you know, on ball a ton, running the offense, carrying a team offensively is not going to be a good defensive player. But Sam Vecini made it sound like he really had some upside. I'm pretty intrigued by this. Yeah, how can you not be? Like, especially when you see a guy with dynamic ball skills, getting getting, getting him, wow, on a two-way deal. It's a Monday morning, folks. Uh, on a two-way deal with the Bucks. he's spent a couple years in college, and he was, like, able to uh, take his team like that. It made it to, like, heights that they hadn't seen before. Like, what was that stat you mentioned on the last pod? Like, that was the first time they had 20 wins in, like, 30 years or something. Uh, something yeah. like that. Yeah, it, it had been at least that long since uh, that school had ever won 20. So all, all it's him. It's just, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like, you want to, like, see these guys who are proven to be winners. Like, again, it's not at the NBA level. It's not, like, it's not even at, like, the, the top-tier collegiate level. But it's you have that mentality. You have that attitude. We'll see what he can do against first G League talent. And uh, we'll see if the NBA talent comes because I think you're going to be seeing a lot of him in Oshkosh side, like you had mentioned. Should be exciting to see. But yeah, if you have a guy who has dynamic ball skills, especially on a team like the Bucks, who are starving for any sort of thing that you would want on ball, yeah, take that shot. Why not? If you can get him on an undrafted contract as a two way, you do it up 10 times out of 10. Like, yeah, of course you do. Hell yeah. So, yeah, overall, I think given what they came in with, just 58 overall. Um, great draft. Yeah. Great yeah, draft. Two, two expectations, a great draft. I mean, I think Andre Jackson's a guy I'd probably be excited about with a late first as well. I mean, he was mocked at, or big boarded as a late first by some and as an early second by others. But uh, get, getting a guy like that for a 20, 30 second and cash to me is is a great deal. So And uh, I think it was uh... – uh, a good sign for the the Haslam part of the ownership. It's like, yeah, spending. I think uh, I saw our good friend Jim Ozarski replying to some people on Twitter. It's, it's like, yeah, this ownership group is not afraid to spend. Yeah. Um, because I don't think the exact amount has been uh, given. It's probably like near the max. Or well, the max is like six million now. So TBD. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, maybe it's not, got up a lot. Maybe not so six point seven million, I think, is the most you can send uh, either in one year or at one time. Um, so. Usually it can be between two million and and that number. Uh, since they gave they gave up a future second, I would guess it's not quite the max, but who knows, honestly. But I do think this is an interesting interesting thing. We can kind of transition to talking about some of the big trades that happen now. These teams with a bunch of young players under contract and multiple picks are not getting good value for their stuff anymore. Like we're seeing OKC have to kick the can down the road now and just like take whatever they can get for some of these picks. Orlando took pretty little amount for for this one. Like, it, it is interesting. Some of these draft pick hoarders, you kind of have to swing deals because you run out of roster spots really fast if you don't. And if you just have like fifteen guys on rookie contracts, your team's going to be really bad. And at that point, it's like you kind of need to start getting good again now. Otherwise, these players, I think it's, it's harder to develop. You know, without vets around, without playing winning basketball. So, be interesting to monitor. Over the next couple of years, like the OKCs and uh, teams like that of the world. Pelicans, I think, have a lot of picks. Like these can be teams in Orlando because they have so many young players under contract. These can be teams the Bucks go to and say, yeah, that 35th pick, how about you take our 
2031 second in cash, and we'll take that, right? Because the Bucks are kind of picked out for the next several years, but every draft day unlocks another one right after the draft. So you can agree to send that next one out. And it's kind of an interesting approach to keep the young core going without depleting a ton of future assets as well. Oh, for sure. It's just, it's smart management. Like, it's yeah. just like, it's good to see the Bucks maneuvering around those really, really well. Um, yeah, it's just, it's good business. It's good deals. And it's good to see that the Bucks are actually taking advantage of these teams and like getting just whatever picks they can. Cause like you said, they're all picked out. Yeah. Yeah. I think two seconds still to trade. There's another distant Bucks first, like 27 or something. And then the 24 Portland second, which, Looks pretty intriguing. And then one future first until uh, the draft next year when they can trade two plus their pick on draft day. So if we don't see a big swing this offseason, I still think the 2024 draft is a logical time for the Bucks to try and get that next young co-star who will play with Giannis. Drew Holiday probably an expiring contract by then too. What do you, they already out. have Marja. That's true, but you need to complete a new big three, Rohan. That's fair. But they already we have Andre Jackson Jr. I was going to say, we don't know if Andre Jackson Jr. is going to be ready quite yet. Do you want to talk – are you more interested in the Porzingis to Boston or pool to Wizards trade? I love how you're calling it the pool trade and not like the Chris Paul trade. I am going to put the better player as the one who names the trade. People are saying Chris Paul is better. I, I don't agree with that at all. I'd say in a vacuum, yes. Yeah, in a vacuum where he plays more than a third of the playoff games, maybe. Yeah, and that's that's the issue. When he plays, he's better, but he doesn't always play. He's probably better. He's what thirty-eight. Sure. So is LeBron. Yeah, let's compare more people to LeBron, especially people who are six-one uh, and not the craziest athlete we've seen in, in our lifetime. Six-one is generous. I know. Therein lies the issue, Rohan. Uh, I think this is more an indictment on Jordan Poole. I think it's an indictment on Draymond Green for punching him in the fucking face. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's why all this is happening. I mean, do I think Jordan Poole is as good as people thought he was? No. Do I think Has that he ex- lived up to the contract year one? No. But it's not a crazy contract. So is it like $25 million a year or something in this economy? I thought it was more. I, I don't think it, it is because he, he's so young. His max is so little. It's the baby max. And I don't think he even got that because he extended. Yeah, he's making – he's 30. 30 AAV over the course of the contract? Um, 32 average, yeah. So, you know, it's like, not the it's cheapest. 26, 27, it's 34 mil. That's what, four years from now? I mean the cap, uh, hopefully that year continues to go up, is, is a huge number. Like I think – they ran into a wall of this two paths thing and they needed to pivot. And because of the punch and the chemistry issues and just Jordan Poole not having a good year also, although regular season, he, you know, he shot well and scored the ball and did all the Jordan Poole stuff. He's also just not a great fit for that team given he plays the same position as Steph Curry. The fact that they had to give up probably a fake first, but still a first and a second to take back a guy who everyone thought was going to get waived by one team or another for Jordan Poole. Like, I think that's a horrible sell low. People said, oh, you haven't watched Jordan Poole, blah, blah, blah. Like, 
it, the, it's just a salary though. The concept like, is the same. I mean, you're you're selling really low on a player who, you know, people were is, you know, is he better? Is Tyler Hero better? I mean, it's not that expiring of a question, but still, it's like a, a promising young player signed to a not insane contract. I mean, that year you said Brandy Brad Beal will be making 90 million that year or something. I just think it's like a crazy punt. And the Warriors can talk about, oh, we'll have this expiring contract. We can make another move, whatever. Sure, uh, theoretically, I guess. But, man, does it feel like selling super low. You can trade him back to the Suns. Yeah, there you go. The Suns can sign him, by the way, if he gets waived now. Because he's been traded again. Yeah. Well, I don't think the Warriors are going to waive him. Although that would be hilarious. That would be really, really funny. But I think it, it also, like, I think it just it clears their cap sheet going forward as well. Well, let's, for, like, let's see what that Draymond deal looks like. Exactly. Well, it's like they're doing it for the Draymond deal, I think. Yeah. This man got punched in the face and fired for it. Yeah. Although he's going to score That's, maybe 30 a game in Washington. So 30s, 30s, like, I, it might be 40. 40 shots. No, it might be 40 on 60 shots. There you go. Because, like, who else is going to score on that team? <laughs> they have a lot of point guards. A lot to, we'll have to talk about the Wizards as who, a trade partner. Who is Jordan Poole going to pass the ball to on that team? Uh, Kispert. I don't know if he is. <laughs> Got to pass to a shooter. I, I think Jordan Poole is fine. I think he's going to rehab his value, and the Wizards will probably trade him in, like, two years to someone who gives him real stuff. I think the Wizards also have done fine on these trades. The Wizards have done – they've they, done pretty good. They had no leverage. Like, Kristaps no. could be a free agent. Beal had the no trade. Like, they they really did not have any leverage with either guy. To end up with Jordan Poole, seven seconds, four swaps, probably a fake first. Um, and Tyus Jones, I think, is actually really good for them. They're going to be horrible. But I, I think they're, they're, they're doing well in their rebuild is what I mean. Boston. So the first trade – that fell apart. Brogdon and Gallo and whatever other piece. They needed to trade something else. I think it was going to be like Hauser or whatever it was. For Porzingis. That I did not like very much for, as a Bucks person. I was like, Brogdon is one of the most overrated guards in the league. He's fine, but he's people think he's like this elite. He's, he's fine. Doesn't defend as well as anyone thinks. Kind of feels like teams get sick of him also. Uh, and the injuries, of course. When they pivoted to Marcus Smart, I thought, you know what? And they ended up getting some picks, which made it better for them. But the early reaction was like, this is a steal for Boston. They get Porzingis and, you know, two firsts for for Marcus Smart. I just feel like we've kind of all forgotten some things about some of these players. Like Marcus Smart, kind of the heart and soul of their team, had a lot of big moments, won DPOI before this last season. We thought it was a fake DPOI, maybe, but still did it. Still is a fake one. Yeah. Switches one through five, like, just does a lot for them. Kristaps Porzingis, like, everyone just wants to get rid of him. That's all that's really happened. I mean, outside of, like, his rookie season, when's the last time a team has been, like, gung-ho about Kristaps Porzingis before this season? Like, I know he had a really good year. He's intriguing for them. Their roster now is, like, Derek White... Malcolm Brogdon, who Lord only knows what's going on with him right now, and then a bunch of wings and a bunch I heard of Brian bigs. Windhorst say he doesn't have any legs. I mean, that would be sad, but not off the table. 
But I, I don't like their big rotation. I think it's too much. People tell me, oh, two of them can play together, yada, yada. I guess we'll see. I, I don't really – I wouldn't want like Al Horford and Chris Alps Porzingis playing together. You're going to be the slowest team in the league. I, Robert Williams is a little faster, but then you lose a lot of shooting. I just think their team is weird. And I saw a Celtics person say that we're going to be the worst passing team in the NBA because they were already a bad passing team. I mean, yeah, they're, and they're, Smart they're, was their best passer. Exactly. Like that's the issue there. It's, it's not really about like adding Porzingis. It's losing your primary playmaker. Like, who else is on that team is going to be, like, a point guard to, like, set up offense? That's not what Brogdon's really good at. That's not what Derek White is good at. Like, it's not what Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown can't dribble, so it's not what he can do. Like He's a he's a minus assist to turnover ratio guy. Yeah, and he has been. Like, it's just, I don't, like, Porzingis to this team, I like. Yeah, I think it's, it's a it's good, good fit. Yeah. I think it's a good fit. What, giving up Marcus Smart for it? And, like, it's just – I would rather have given up Brogdon. Oh, yeah. I'd, yeah. I felt like they got pressed in doing the trade because of Porzingis' opt-out. Like, I think if you really look at this, Porzingis was the one who was – I mean, the Clippers blew up the first deal. But Porzingis – I don't know if you heard this on the Hoop Collective. Windhorse said, you know, you can push back a player option date. I mean, like, Javon still hasn't been due, right? Like, usually the premium players have them earlier, which is why, like, Chris had his, Porzingis – you know, uh, they just Jerry did, Trent. like the the Knicks and Josh Hart just pushed his back. Yeah, uh, Porzingis was like, "No, like we're not like figure it out today," which is a little fascinating because you would think if he was like really, oh, I want to go to Boston, that he would just be like, "Yeah, let's push it back, whatever." He kind of put the timetable on them, and the Celtics were clearly like bound and determined to get Kristaps Porzingis. I think now you look at their team and two out of those three bigs, really injury prone. Um, you look at Porzingis' year-over-year games, it's like 50s or lower most years. Robert Williams obviously has had a ton of stuff early in his career too. Brogdon is Brogdon. They have the Jays, which are, are good. They're going to be at least a good team still. I do think this has like flame-out potential on it for them. And again, flame-out is not like they're a lottery team, but you know they win like high 40s or maybe low 50s, and then it just doesn't click in the playoffs. I do think Smart, for as much as I, you know, I roll my eyes at his antics and his dumb green hair, and it's gonna have to be blue now. No, not, not, the, not, no, no. The, the, I'm not. The green hair was a tribute to his mother. She had green hair. No, it was like she died. Oh, no, we're, 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 I thought we're you said it for the, everyone. Everyone says he does it for the Celtics. No, it, the the green hair. Like, it, read up on the story of why he did. Okay, the green hair. well, I'll take back the green hair. Yeah. He he made his tribute team colors like there's a lot of things about on the basketball court i know off the court he is tremendous he's done a ton with kids i will give him that and i'll take back the the green hair comics i did not know that but for as much as he grinds my gears i do think like their fans thought he was so important for a reason and i think sometimes the fans can be onto this more than the media like sometimes you'll see a guy get traded and you think he's kind of good and all the fan base online is like oh thank god and you're like oh that's interesting. Sometimes they're wrong, but I just think this is going to hurt them more than people think. Again, people in Boston are, are kind of terrified, but the rest of us think, and I'm not as worried. Whereas the Brogdon version of the trade, I was like, oh God, like that's that's a good that's trade, kind of a yeah. monstrous trade. I don't care that they got picks that much. The thing about Boston that people don't realize, and my dad inspired this because he's like, wow, 
these teams just spend to win. And I was like, Dad, wrong sport. That's baseball. The Celtics don't really spend that much. And it's going to be pretty interesting to see Jalen's coming up on the Supermax this, this offseason. This Extension. Off season, Extension. Yeah. He's got one more year still of being uh, less expensive. Do they give Porzingis an extension now or at all? Or do they dump someone before it would come due? Because if they do, Robert Williams on the books. I think Horford has another year at least after this one. Tatum making a lot. Jalen Brown, Supermax. Kristaps Porzingis extension, probably not cheap. Still got Derek White. Like, that adds up. That's going to be a tax team. They have not been a tax-paying org very often. I mean, I think the Bucks get labeled as cheap more than Boston. They've spent more than Boston maybe ever in tax the last, like, two seasons. Like, it's it's pretty pretty stark. So, kind of a fascinating offseason for them so far. It is. It is for sure. It's 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 always funny to see that these teams like Boston and Miami are always like, oh, they're the premium, and they just don't spend. Yeah. Also, it, for, uh, on that note, they're like, oh yeah, Grant Williams is for sure gone now. I was like, why? Why would you not want someone to guard wings? Because that's kind of what Marcus Smart did. Who's going to guard like Giannis? Saw, it's not like you saw Grant Williams come in during the playoffs and actually have like an impact after he didn't in the regular season because he didn't play him. Like it's like, oh yeah, by the way, this guy's actually pretty good. Yeah, they just like wouldn't play him for a while. They'd Al Horford him. is going to guard Giannis, by the way. I mean, good luck. Yeah, he can guard I, I'm, I'm happy with he that. He can guard him. I'm happy still. with. I, I just feel like uh, they're, they're they're in a strange spot. Their front really line did. of Al Horford and Porzingis is a lot. It's big, but it's also like, like you mentioned, slow and unathletic and not skilled on the yeah. defensive end, and like Al Horford on the offensive end too. Like he can shoot. Like don't get me wrong, but like it's not like you're gonna have him break you down off the dribble. And he's you know getting up there in age as well. And I think slowed down a lot. Like this playoff was not the same player. Might have to go to OKC or Germany real yeah. quick this offseason. Yeah, well, well, little spray or situation or something there. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think their team is weird. They clearly have a lot of talent, but I think it's weird. And I think letting Grant yeah, they walk, do. They have a lot of talent. They have a lot of talent. Can they actually take advantage? Maybe, but they've had a lot of talent these last couple of years and still haven't won a title. I mean, I feel like their their clear issue several years now has just been like the offense gets jammed up. They don't move the ball. Like they they that's you know they get into these bad habits, and it seems like there's a potential to be even worse unless you know Tatum becomes like a Luca kind of guy. Which newsflash. That doesn't happen. That is not something you can just learn. That kind of vision and, and on ball uh, presence with the with passing. So, yeah, a couple of very interesting trades. Uh, I mentioned, you know, the to you before we started recording the Tyus Jones market right as a trade, and Zach Lowe was saying maybe that gets you a protected first. And the thinking here is like maybe there's some pretty solid young players the Bucks could get for even less than a first, like two seconds or something like that. You said you had something you wanted to say, but you didn't tell me before the pod. Do you remember what you were going to say? Yeah, it's uh, – first of all, thank you for having the faith in me to remember. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I believe in you, Rohan. Thank you. Great thank podcaster. You. Oh. Um, the trade market – I have no idea what the trade market is. And it could be anything, which is really beneficial for the Bucs. Yeah. Like, I genuinely don't know what a star goes for nowadays. I don't know what a role player goes for nowadays. I don't know what an intriguing young player goes for nowadays. Because it's been so up and down over the last couple seasons. 
And again, like the teams don't even have the full CBA yet, like you mentioned on the last pod. Yeah, they still don't. It's, which, by the way, free agency starts Friday. Yeah. So that's interesting. Uh, teams are they, – they just don't know how they're going to be reacting to this new CBA. One, because they don't have it. And two, because it hasn't been in practice yet. So how are you supposed to know all like, of the ripple effects that happen once it's in, enacted and in place? So – it could be anything for anyone. It could, and it's going to be entirely team dependent. Let's yeah. say a team has an intriguing young player, and they're trying to duck the second apron. They're going to be trying to get rid of that player for pennies on the dollar. That's what I think. The just the team dependent thing is what people don't understand because I think there are some teams who are, you know, the Raptors are one end of the spectrum, right? Like if you want OG Ananobi. You need to pool 45 first round picks with every other team in the league. Plus Giannis. To get him. Like, and on the other end, there are teams. I would put Atlanta on the other end because they're like, they've been trying to give away John Collins for years. And I don't know why more teams don't hit them up. I think John Collins is a good player. I don't think the Bucs should because there's too much overlap with Bobby and I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to give up two players to get him. But, there are teams out there, and the the Hawks. It literally was reported straight up have a mandate to duck the tax, and they would be in the tax right now. And there are teams like that who it's like it sucks, honestly, as from a basketball fan perspective. But like they kind of don't get to play by the same rules. And the Bucks have, you know, they've had an upper limit as well that we've complained about. It wasn't that low, thankfully. Also, the Hawks have a much different outlook the, the, than the Bucks. The but. upper limit is very, very. High yeah, for the Bucks. certainly compared to some of the which other is, teams. by the way, that's again, we'll praise them when they do good things. That's yeah. good, that's a very good thing. Yeah, let's see, uh, let's see how these contracts are looking. Uh, this, this, yeah, next yeah, season. yeah, but, let's let, yeah, maybe let me temper this. We'll, yeah. I'll, I'll wait to give it, it till signs next signs are good, signs are good, but yeah, so it's all depends on who your partner is and what their situation is and like what they view for a guy, like you know, the magic. I think there's going to be some of those young guys are going to be on the way out. Like I just think they have too many, and there's just not going to be enough spots to play everyone. Um, that that's what you have to look for. So just knowing the team and the org, what their priorities are, what their tax situation is. I mean, I thought it was like OKC. I mentioned them earlier as they kind of have gotten diminishing returns for their stuff. They ate the Bertans contract, and it only cost moving down two picks. I thought that was a really good deal for Dallas. Like it was. I didn't necessarily love the Holmes part of it. They, I, it was. They fine. got Omax too. Yeah, Marquette guy. I kind of thought though, like, I mean, oh, we don't want to go deep on Dallas. It was like a very like let's set ourselves up for the next four years draft, which I was not really expecting from them. The first part of it, I was like, yeah, get yourself some more space, and then you can make a move. And they were like, no, we're actually going to use that space to eat Rashawn Holmes and get another pick. Anyway. I do think there's going to be options available. I also think like the price of just like a good rotation player is decent. And I think we may have been undervaluing in trade talks like what a Grayson Allen or Bobby Portis is worth, which is something a lot of Bucks fans told us. And I think not – don't want to speak for you, but I think generally when you do this about a team, there's an impulse to like undervalue the team stuff because you don't want to be a homer with any trade, right? But – I think maybe that's fair and we were undervaluing those guys because I do think they're good NBA players and there's a clear value on that around the league right now, which 
makes this next transaction window pretty exciting for Milwaukee. It it definitely does. Like there's so this opens up probably so many more options for the Bucks in terms of their roster building and team building going into next season. How they want to retool this team, whether they want to make some seismic shifts. Like, yeah, maybe a Grayson Allen and Bobby Portis are worth way, way, way more than we were giving them credit for. Like, it's just it, it opens up a lot. And especially like even like the draft picks, like that 2024 Portland second, like, yeah. That could be that could be a valuable valuable asset for teams. Especially like, if Dame's out the door. Especially if Dame's out the door, and for a team that's trying to get under the second apron, because the second round pick, like a really really good second round pick, is probably more valuable than a late first. Yeah, it's a lot cheaper. That's for sure. It can be depending exactly. on what you sign, but yeah, it's certainly. Yeah, like these these assets, like Milwaukee is not as asset depleted as we really wanted to say they were. Especially in today's NBA market of like, man, everyone's got to duck the second eight. I I think the Bucks will too. Uh, it'll all depend on what they give, what who they sign and how much. And really, it comes down to Chris and Brooke. And then, you know, if they're back, the Ingles, Carter, Crowder trio as well. We talked about, I talked about this with Jordan. Seems like Chris is going to be back. We'll just see what the number is. What are your thoughts on Brooke Lopez heading into free agency as every team covets him? Now the Kings are a cap space team. He's been – I don't know if it's like a rumor or just people speculating on fit. I've heard a lot of Draymond buzz for them as well. I don't know if anyone knows what they really want to do. I think I think, uh, I think Mark Stein reported that uh, they were interested. In Draymond? Yeah. That works. If they want to blow up the Warriors, I'm fine with that. Mike Brown, big connection there. Um, However, I think it. I think it, a later report said that uh, it's he's going back to Golden State. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine. But in terms of Brook Lopez's free agency, I think I'm a little more worried than Chris. I think because, like, given all the cap space teams, I don't think Chris is really going to like leave to go to Orlando for like fifty mil. Well, and a lot of the cap space teams, like if we're saying the Bucks should pay like around 30 year one, you know, a lot of them only have around that much. So they couldn't give like a huge raise on what the Bucks would be offering anyway. Exactly. Like I'm not, I'm not super worried about Chris at all. I think Chris Middleton comes back. Hopefully I'm right. Yeah. Please be right. Yeah. Please, please be right. Uh, I, I want to feel the same way about Brooke Lopez. I'm a little more worried. I think with Brooke, it's a little different. Considering there's a new coach, considering there's going to be a new offensive and defensive mentality, Brooke should be valued in both because Brooke Lopez is an incredible basketball player who's very good on the defensive end and can be effective on the offensive end. So that shouldn't mean that he's not like valued as a buck because he absolutely should be. Regardless of system, you want talent, and Brooke Lopez is talent for yeah. sure and impact. Let me make that clear. But I'm saying is that given that there is a new uh going to be new offensive and defensive principles maybe the bucks would feel a little more comfortable than chris with brooke lopez leaving yeah um i guess the only counter there is like bud isn't coaching anywhere else i don't know who else would drop that much i know the rockets are a big rumor and i think he may likes to drop a bit as well I would just be kind of surprised if Brooke Lopez is really that interested in playing for the Houston Rockets. Like, 
I know Jordan's just like they're the boogeyman. They're the big cap space team. They're everyone's boogeyman, and it's true. I think I think it's leverage. Yeah, they have been linked I think it's to everyone. Leverage. Yeah, you know, getting a third year or whatever on on the contract. I think he'll be back. I I agree with you. I'm more worried about Brooke and Chris, but I do think he'll be back. He said he wants to play in Milwaukee, and looking at it from like the the downside part of it, you can say, oh, you know, don't want to pay Brooke too much as he ages, whatever. He's aged wonderfully. And what the hell is your he's center? Already, he's already old. What the he's hell is your old center old. depth yeah. then? What is your what is your center position at all? Myers Leonard. It's horrible. Sorry, Myers, but like that's we, not is, good. Does this one we bring Yorgos over, Papianis? Oh God, I have not liked how he's played next to Giannis. I, I would rather bring Costas, but he he already signed a two year deal. I, I, it would, they'd have to swing a pretty big move. I don't know what they could possibly do in a response because that would be like you just so thin then at the big positions. You know, Bobby is there. It's not really a center. And Bobby and Giannis starting together leaves you with no big depth. And that, that unit didn't defend all that well that regular season when they had to do it. So I think in the end of the day, they'll figure it out. The magic number for me is like, between around 45, 50 million year one combined for Chris and Brooke. Because you're going to say like for Brooke. No, Lopez. no, no, no. Like, What is happening? No. Right like now? we are so far. Off 15, 15 is my Brooke number. This, I'm just throwing this out, but I'd say 15, 15 is, is probably a good number. And then like around 30 for Chris. Yeah. But you maybe, know, if, maybe if, you do like 20 and 27 or something. Yeah, I mean, if you know, if you can just figure it out to around 45-ish million, you could bring back one of your own free agents for like five-ish million, and then still with your rent minimums and the rookies and everything, still be far enough below the second apron to use the mini mid-level, which is a five million dollar contract for not a premier free agent, but you know, a better one than vet min. And then still be under the second apron. And here's something I'll, I'll leave you with. I think they're going to want to duck it two years in a row because remember the plan, 2024, two future firsts, one on draft day, and now a couple of young players. They'll have big swing opportunity, Drew on an expiring contract probably. If you're in the second apron, then you lose the ability to trade that pick seven years out. So I think they've kind of got a plan to be under it at least the next two years. And maybe teams will just want to be under it always. It seems like a lot of teams are viewing it as something they never want to go over. But at least the next two years, I think, you know, you still want to spend and be competitive. These are still the honest prime years. But to execute the 2024 plan and take a big swing, I think if you're in the second apron, then it makes it much harder to do so. So that'll be something to watch. I don't think they'll have to dump anyone this year unless they really want to bring back a Crowder or Ingles or Javon's number is huge. Next year, though, that may be like a trade of vet, just take picks and chill as part of another move to make sure. So that's going to be very interesting to watch. It It is for sure. And I think I, I agree with you in terms of like the next year setting themselves up for next year's draft when you can actually make that big swing. Whoever it may be, uh, maybe it's Embiid. Who knows? Like that would be crazy. That'd be weird. <laughs> I'd be here for it, but that'd be weird. It'd be a, it'd be a weird fit. Maybe maybe it's Wembenyama. Maybe he hates <laughs> San Antonio year one. Like who knows? Like, um, it it could be it could be literally anyone. I mean, if like, po- if Portland does blow up, Bucks have a first. Bucks would have a high second. 
two future firsts, another future, two more future seconds, three young wings on the roster. It's it's swing it's like time next year, huh? I don't know if I want to do that next year. What, Dame? Oh no, Dame's too, no, 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 no. Oh, then what are you talking about? Just in general. I'm saying Portland blows up because then the Bucks get a better second. Oh, like if gotcha. they're if Portland oh, okay. is is bad, like top like worst ten teams in the league, bad like they were this year, then you have two top forty picks that you get to include in a deal. Is what I meant. Gotcha. I understand. But yeah, that it would be it would be very very intriguing to see what they could maybe do next next off season, and then like just have these guys this year continue to run it back. And uh, retool a little, get a new, uh, get new schemes in there, and uh, see what happens. Because we know, like again, we know this core is good enough to win a title right yeah. now, as constructed. So we'll just have to see. Predictions, free agency predictions. Chris back, yes or no? Yes. Yes. Brooke back, yes or no? Yes. Also yes. Uh, I'll go in order of salary. Jay Crowder back, yes or no? No. I'm gonna say no to. I think the draft kind of swung it for me. Uh, Joe Ingles back, yes or no? No. I'll say no. I think it's more possible. I do think that's very much on the table. At the right price, I'm not mad at it, but it does go counter to the athleticism thing. Javon Carter back, yes or no? Yes. Yes, I think for sure. Wes Matthews. Just getting squeezed a little bit. I'll say yes right now. I'll say yes. If he's still playing. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Myers Leonard. No. No, but I think it's possible. Okay. Goran Dragic. No. 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 He's, he's that man's already played. He already plays for the Heat. Yeah. Like, he, Always he has played for the Heat. He, he's played for the Heat for the last two years. Like, yeah. Just... Am I forgetting anyone? Um, I don't believe so. Thanasis. Uh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. I he's think this is, this is the year he gets a raise. Yeah. He's getting, <laughs> he's getting that full max. If they pay him full max, I wouldn't be upset about it. You should be. <laughs> Uh, I guess AJ Green. Yes, I hope so. Uh, and then Lindell Wigginton. No, not with the Bucks. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, I, I wonder if Lindell is a candidate to go overseas at some point. He yeah, seems overqualified for the G League, but he's just not been getting the NBA shots. Um, Bucks are, you know, not the deepest at point guard. We'll see, but I, I would guess no. Although Lindell has come back a couple times, so I think that now is everyone. I have the roster pulled up, so so yeah, we I, we were va- we were aligned in basically everything, which is part I, of I think I think there's a more chance Ingles comes back than you do, but yeah, we think the only players hitting free agency coming back are Chris Brook, Javon, Wes, but we're nervous, Thanasis and AJ Green. Yeah, I think Ingles or right. Leonard could come back too. Ingles for less, though. I don't think they'd give him $6 million again. I think it has to be a min, right? I mean, they can do whatever they want. They have early bird. Yeah. It depends on all the other numbers. That's the thing. Everything's so intertwined. Like, if Brooke comes back for less than we think, then it's like, oh, if you want to bring back Ingles or Crowder for 
you know, four or five million if they take it, then you can do that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. We'll have to we'll have to see. We will have you covered in some way or another for the start of NBA free agency, which is this Friday at I don't know, what is it, five? I think four. Four, four probably for central time. Four central which is time. Who nothing on Friday night hits like NBA free agency coverage. Yeah, we we will unfortunately probably have you covered in some regards. <laughs> um but no, no, we will. We'll be we'll be uh we'll have something for sure. Yeah. Um probably hear from us before again as well, too. For sure. And you'll hear from us some point after. If the Bucks make some massive, massive, massive thing, you'll you'll hear from us right away. Definitely. Um well we always make it happen here at GSPN. Yeah. But uh thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to this or watching this uh on your podcast platform or choice or YouTube, respectively. Check out gspn.info for all our links to all of our podcasts. Make sure you leave a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform of choice, Pod Random, and we will talk to you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.